Hello and welcome to another special edition episode of Off the Post Boston Sports. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and here with me today is our very first returning guest, Boston Pride defenseman Kaylee Fracken. Kaylee, welcome back. Hi, uh, thanks for having me on again. Of course, we, we had to have you back. The season's almost starting up again, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's actually not starting until January, but um, a long preseason, I guess. But nonetheless, it is starting. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's dive right into it. We we all know how last year ended, or well, didn't end. Um, what what were those conversations like within the team itself? How did you guys get through that as a team? And I guess I have to follow that up with: What are you guys planning on using that as motivation for the upcoming season? Yeah, it's um, it's obviously something that none of us ha- have gone through. Um, you know, with the season being cut right before the championship finals, and with how successful the season we were having, it was kind of like this closure, I guess, that we weren't able to have. So, um, it really took a while um, for that to all kind of process. Um, and I, I think it all really started to happen when um, the draft happened uh, in the off season. Um, we kind of moved past the fact that we wouldn't be playing that final when the league announced it. Um, and then when the draft happened and, and then they started kind of doing our signings again, it was kind of at that moment where you kind of realize, okay, like <laughs> that season's over. Like we got to move on and, um, you know, for the massive chunk of, of group of players that we do have coming back, you know, majority of players coming back. Um, that obviously is a big topic of conversation, but, um, also something that we have to realize that was last year. Um, and that was kind of the conversation we had with, um, Coach Paul in our, in our first meeting, uh, as a team to just say, you know, last year was last year and we're on to this year and that's kind of got to be our focus. So it's been very much of let's turn the page. And, um, you know, obviously there was a lot of great things that happened from last year. We want to build upon that, but to the same token, this is a new team. We have a ton of new players. Um, and the quest and motivation for this year is to, to go freaking win something. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's very much on our minds and, um, you know, there's kind of, I guess, um, you know, that Isabel Cup that we didn't get the chance to win to last year that we, again, you know, we really want to win. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a banner was indeed raised for, for you guys, for the Pride, and appropriately so. But you as a player and a team have to feel like it's not quite enough, if I'm correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we have high expectations, and I think that was – that was really it. Um, you know, we had had such a successful year in regards to our record and, in uh, kind of our, our goals as a, as a team, but, um, I guess it wasn't, you are not winning in Isabel Cup at the end of the satisfied. So, um, I guess it's just kind of those expectations that we set as a team that we want to hold ourselves accountable that, yeah, winning the regular season is definitely something to hang our hat on, but, um, you start the season with the goal to win the Isabel Cup. And I know last year's circumstances were, were obviously so far out of our control, but, um, you know, that, that is the ultimate goal is, is to be able to hoist that, that Isabel Cup. It almost seemed like an Isabel Cup championship was, was a near guarantee. I know I'm not supposed to say that because it never is, but mentally, what does the mindset have to be throughout this new season? 
the mindset uh, for sure um, has to has to be um, you know to to really come together as a team quickly um, and and understand that. Uh, a lot of teams that we are going to play against, and not a lot, I would say every single team that we're going to play against is is going to see kind of that bullseye on the back or they're going to see the Boston Pride coming into their arena or they're coming into our arena, um, whatever it may be, that you know every time they play us, they're going to want to play the best that they can. So every single game is going to be hard regardless of who we're playing against because that opponent sees um, our team now at a in a different place than at the beginning of last season. And so... Um, we all have to high, hold ourselves to higher standards. You know, um, that's a big conversation with the veterans. It's like we all have to step up our game. We all have to, um, you know, and, and fill our roles in probably a different capacity this year. Um, and then the expectation is a lot to the to the young players coming in the group of uh, seven rookies that we have that uh, they too have to understand that they're jumping into this um, and they're all going to have a role. And just because they're rookies, they're, they're not going to be able to feel like they are rookies. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, you know, it's a pressure fill role to be in, I think as a team, but um, you know, we, we've earned that based off of the play um, and what we did last year. And um, I think if we can kind of, have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Um, I think that's where we can still have success. I, we, you know, we can, we talk about the upcoming season and you and I have talked previously about this, but, but training camps are, are coming soon or relatively soon, correct? Yes. We actually just started our first skate on, um, on um, Wednesday or sorry, Monday night. And how'd that go? It was great. Um, we had, uh, so everyone, all of our, our 19 players were there for the exception of, um, Vanisova. She's coming from overseas, um, from the Czech Republic. So she'll be in here this weekend. But other than that, we had our entire roster out. Um, you know, a little bit of a different kind of situation because we are going through COVID protocols. So the locker room is different. Um, and there's just kind of some, you know, uh, different procedures that we're going through to make sure everyone's healthy. But in terms of on ice, um, you know, we were kind of doing some skill stuff the, the first half of the skate and then, um, you know, got into a little bit more conditioning near the end. But um, we have a good group. Uh, we have a lot of players that, you know, put in a lot of work this off season. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things continue to unfold. Absolutely. I do want to preface um... – for anyone who's listening, uh, we are recording remotely uh, through an app called Anchor. And I think if it does seem a little bit choppy, Wi-Fi, I think we're now being exposed to who has what kind of Wi-Fi. But um, so I apologize for, <laughs> for if things are uh, choppy or you might miss a, a, a sentence here or there. But um, I promise we're doing the best we can uh, and staying as safe as possible um, in these I have to say, in these un- unprecedented times, uh, what's what's the off-season training been like for you? And I would say, what are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest challenges been? The uh, the first half of this uh, pandemic, I would say, was probably the most challenging. Um, uh, you know, coming off kind of our, our season just just abruptly ending, and then. Um, you being in such great shape and going from, you know, being in a gym all the time, basically every single day to, 
doing absolutely nothing was, was really challenging. Um, I kind of hit a breaking point after a couple weeks of being like, okay, I can only go for so many runs. Um, I'm not a runner. I'm a hockey player. Um, I don't have access to my gym right now. Uh, it, it was challenging because you're just really put outside your comfort zone. Um, and you try to adapt to it as best as possible. I'd like to think that um, I find it a lot more easier for me to adapt to, to changes, maybe more so than I know some of my teammates <laughs> and some of my friends. So um, I would definitely say the first half was certainly challenging. Um, and then as Massachusetts started to lift some of its restrictions, um, you know, after a couple months in, uh, my gym opened up, my trainer opened up his own gym. Um, so I've been able to train with him, um, kind of full throttle. I would say the first four weeks of that was kind of like, holy cow. Wow. I haven't been, <laughs> clearly haven't been lifting, um, just given everything going on. And, uh, and then I got to get out on the ice as soon as, as the rink started to open up, um, seldomly and, and now I'd say it's in a place where um, I kind of don't feel like a ton has changed. Like I mentioned earlier, there's certainly protocols like we're going through for testing and a lot of stuff that is totally um, unfamiliar space. But um, just trying to be adaptable and kind of understand that there's, you know, my control and, and the team's control and our control right now. So um, just kind of going with the flow. Um, taking it for as it comes and um, just thankful that I get to be um, in some capacity, you know, really training and, and skating and, and all that. What have, what have been the most unique ways you've seen yourself and your teammates get reps in? Yeah, I, the first, the first half was interesting, you know, like we, um, I was doing, I would drive over, there's a, a couple um Jill Dempsey and McKenna Brand live in Winthrop, which isn't far from me. So, uh, the beginning of quarantine, I would, you know, drive over to their place because they have like a gym, you know, set up or they have like assault bikes and, um, and then, uh, another girl out, uh, Raspa that was on our team last year. Um, she had kind of a gym set up going and, and she lives in that household. So I'd drive over in the morning and we'd be doing like, you know, me and her would be doing these like outdoor workouts and then I'd drive home and, um, just have something. I live in a, in an apartment building. So I live in like a one bedroom, like 700 square foot apartment. So kind of hard to get in a workout, um, to kind of get like reps in and things like that. Um, so just, I was doing like weird stuff like that. And then I found myself running a ton. So I would go over, um, to the Charles river. I drive to the Charles river. Um, I did a lot in college and school. I'd always go run. So, um, you know, I started out with like a couple miles and then I found myself running like 10 miles and, I was like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> I used to run a lot when I was younger, but you know, when you get into hockey training, it's just a totally different um, aerobic capacity. So, um, yeah, I just kind of found like a way to to kind of just cope with um, everything going on, and it, it seemed to be kind of running and track workouts. Um, there's a track right beside my apartment building, so I'd head over the track and try and do some different things, but. Uh, it certainly was different. It was uh, non-traditional, that's for sure. I always, you know, as a as a soccer goalkeeper my entire life, I always told people that if you ever saw me running, I was either being chased or I won the lottery. Or 
I'm being chased because <laughs> I won the lottery. Uh, I, and I, I actually went for a run for the first time, I think, in two years a couple weeks ago and realized why I hadn't gone on a run in two years. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, running, I don't know what it is. You know, when people do talk about that runner's high, they definitely got to experience <laughs> I do have to say it is somewhat real. <laughs> I haven't but, heard it yet. Uh, I, maybe I just haven't heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe one day. <laughs> I can hope. Um, you guys, as you mentioned, are returning most of your players. Um, I was at the NWHL All-Star game last year, uh, and the lineups had pride players sprinkled everywhere. What does that do for your team in terms of confidence? I would, I would say it gives, you know, individuals um, kind of a boost of confidence that uh, they probably don't, um, you know, don't, uh, not that they don't think they deserve, but may not, you know, necessarily always feel. I feel like, um, you know, that's something that uh, a lot of, and it's, you know, hockey players definitely struggle through it, but I always see kind of more times than not a lot of female hockey players I think struggle with having that individual confidence um and so when you see you know majority of your you know your team uh pretty well at, a, at an all-star game I think just spoke you know volumes to the, t- the individual talent we had on our team um and to be quite honest you probably could have picked kind of more players from our team that were uh, most absolutely deserving of being there. Um, and so um, it really should have been probably Boston Pride versus <laughs> whoever else in the NWHL, um, you know, maybe if I was picking the ballots. But, um, no, I, I would hope that that gives confidence, you know, to players on our team and, um, you know, for the for the other group, um, you know, that, that weren't there, they were supporting. Um, and I think that just speaks volumes to the character that we have on our, the characters that we have on our team and just how tight knit we were as a group. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, a lot of these players have been putting in a lot of work in the off season. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot more, um, you know, names and different names, uh, representing us, um, at the All-Star Weekend again this coming year. You yourself are the reigning NWHL Defenseman of the Year. You also have the reigning goaltender of the year, Lovisa Solander, backstopping the pride. I know it's the cheesiest question to ask in sports journalism, but what do awards like those mean to you personally and to the team? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, the accolades and stuff like that are, are, are nice. Um you know, but you don't really play for that. Um, I've never, as a kid growing up, like, you, no one, you know, you, you play in, like, tournaments, you make all-star teams or whatever it is. Like, no one remembers that that crap. They really don't. And, you know, you as a player, you don't even remember half the time. You really, you care about the championships. Um, you know, I, I look back at my college career, for example, and I was really fortunate enough at BU to win three hockey's championships in my four years there, go to, um, you know, four NCAA tournaments and lost in two national championship finals. And I didn't win those two. So, you know, uh, regardless of that, you look at kind of the, the titles that your, that your team won and that's what you remember. You don't remember like 
you know, who made the all tournament team and all that crap. Cause that stuff doesn't matter, right? Like you just care about winning those championships. And it's kind of the same thing. Like it, it is certainly a, an honor. Um, absolutely. I mean, you look at, um, players previously who have won it and, um, it's kind of those nice little recognitions, but at the end of the day, like I have not won a single Isabel cup in my time in the NWHL and, um, you know, you're playing on a team. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. Um, and like I said, at the beginning of every year is to win an Isabel cup. It's not to say I want to win, you know, MVP of the year. Um, but it's just, you hope that your individual play that if you're playing to your best abilities, that usually means that your team is having success as well. So, um, that's kind of how I feel about that kind of stuff. But, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, having someone like Lovisa back there too, I mean, she's an incredible goaltender. So, um, you know, and, and Demps, uh, I think Tide was with MVP as well. So, um, I think it just speaks, just speaks to the type of group, uh, last season. And, uh, it'd just be nice to, to add an Isabel Cup to, to all of that. Speaking of team success. Looking back at last season, 23 wins, one loss. I'm going to say that a little bit louder for the people in the back, and in case it cut out, one loss. Uh, Do we go for the perfect season this year? (laughs) We were not going for the perfect season last year. Um, No, it's interesting, right? Like, there's the... um, The NWHL, you're not playing a... Um, when it comes to playoffs, you're not really playing like the seven game series or like what we were just seeing with the, the NHL playoffs. You're kind of really playing for like two games. You gotta win two or three games. I mean, it's definitely gonna be a little bit different this year with a six added team like Toronto, but, um, you know, it's weird. We, it's not like you start the season and you're like, I want to have some perfect season, but we just happen to be stringing along a couple games together and we were like wait a second I think we're like five and oh right now and then the five and oh turned to like eight and my first year in the NWHL when I was playing in Connecticut we had something similar we had won a couple games and we're like wait a second we're like eight and oh right now um and that that season was even more shortened only played like 14 no, sorry, we played like 18 games, I think, that season. So, um, you know, definitely um, less games than what we played this past year. And, um, you know, that's just not something that you really think of. But once it starts happening, you kind of get on the train and it's just like, you know, it just makes everything more fun. And um, it definitely changed the atmosphere and the mood. Uh, but, no, like you, you really realistically, it, because everyone makes the playoffs in our league of how unique it is, um, you're really just, it doesn't matter. Like you want to just develop and get better as a team throughout the regular season. And then so that you are ready to peak come playoff time for those few games to, to really win it all. But, um, I would say it made for like a really fun time at practices. We weren't getting bag skated as much. And <laughs> there were some good things to come from it. Cause it really sucks when you're on the losing end of that. <laughs> I applaud you for remaining as humble as you have been, but I'll throw another stat at you. 120 goals for, 43 against. That's a goal differential of plus 77. You guys outscored your opponents by 77 goals. There were three teams in the league that didn't even reach 77 goals. I'm not sure I have a question here. I just felt like it was worth mentioning. Um, Moving forward, 
uh, as we as you touched on, the the NWHL is expanding to Toronto. The Toronto Six are the league's sixth team. Do we have a new Boston Toronto rivalry already? <laughs> Maybe some a lot of people seem to love to talk about it. Um, yeah, I there. A really good team. I know um, quite a few of the players on the team just playing with and against, um, whether it's in college or NWHL, CWHL. Um, so they have a really talented roster. Um, they're going to be a very good team, um, and they have individual ownership as well. So there's a lot of kind of similarities, I would guess, amongst organizations. But, um yeah, I, I guess so. That's what people are saying. So I guess I'll jump on the bandwagon and get ahead of it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. What I guess I have to ask, what does this mean for the league to you as a whole? And, and what does it do in terms of increasing the talent pool? I think it's so important. Um, it's, you know, not only is an expansion uh, into this league important, but I think the expansion into Canada is huge. Um in order for this league to grow uh, and really be a place for the best players, best hockey players in the world, um, it needs to be able to cater to, to all players, international, um, not just U.S.-based players. So um, I think, you know, having a team that's based in Canada that allows for a lot of Canadian-born players to be able to to live and, and play on that side of the border, um, you know, and not not have to – necessarily be based in the U.S. Um, as a Canadian, which is something that, you know, I, I've been doing since the beginning of this time. And there's a lot of challenges um, that come with that just in terms of work. And that's a whole other topic of conversation. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's certainly important um, to the growth uh, and development of this league. Um, you know, it's from top to bottom, um, you know, the, the talent has certainly um become a lot tighter um, and the quality of play has certainly elevated um, each year and, and in particular in the last couple of years. And um, as it continues to grow and expand and, and have a place for these girls to play post-college, um, it's only just going to continue to um, really just elevate um, the growth of women's hockey and just elevate, you know, what professional women's hockey uh, means right now in the moment, but where it still needs to go. Um, and I think, you know, it's small baby steps, but an expansion with a sixth team um, in a uh, predominantly Northeast-based, um, you know, league, uh, having another expansion there. And obviously we had our expansion with Minnesota. Um, you know, we'll just continue to draw in more and more talented players and um, everything kind of falls into place after that. Do you think that we can expect more growth and expansion? And I, I guess I would have to follow follow it up with what what would it take and what will it take to, to continue to expand? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it really is. And I think what we can see is like Toronto is a great example. They expanded, but they're not league owned. So they're individually owned. And I think that's kind of the model that the league is trying to push for here is as we expand, we want these organizations to be bought by individual owners. Um, just it, it puts a lot of the, um, you know, financial strain off the league, um, into these owners' hands and a little bit more responsibility on them. 
work to, you know, drive ticket sales and make the quality of, of life or the experience for the player, um, you know, what we want to call quote unquote professional. So, um, you know, the hope is, is that with these expansions, you know, it's, it's driving from the demand of, you know, an owner or a group of owners that say, Hey, open up in, you know, we want to open up a team in, you know, wherever it is like Nashville, you know what I mean? I can throw out, you know, really anything, but um, you want to hope that that's coming from that and that, you know, there's people that are really wanting to continue to invest in the sport. Um, and that's really going to lead to kind of that ultimate growth. I know there's more than enough speculation about how this season is going to proceed with all the safety precautions. And there's probably more questions than answers right now. I, would ha- I do have to ask what, or your personal expectations for the season as a whole? I just hope we get to play. Um, doesn't really matter what it's going to look like because it will not be traditional, um, you know, and most likely probably not in front of fans um, or anything like that. So, um, you know, my expectation is that we we do get to play um, and it's just going to be an abbreviated form. Uh, you know, our season with games right now at the moment, the hope is to start in January and to play January through March. So that certainly looks quite different. Um, you know, the possibility of having your 20 games in 10 weeks. Um, so all back-to-back weekends. Um, you know, there's a ton of just talk about the different options of situations we can have right now. So, um just kind of for me, my expectation is that it's going to happen, um, that I'm hopeful that I'm positive for it. Um, and that I know that there's so many people, um, kind of working hard behind the scenes to figure it out, whether it's in, you know, solely our Boston organization, um, and then on the league level and the COVID committee to, to try and make this thing happen. Um, so I'm just, just positive and optimistic that it will, um, it's just going to be far different than what we've ever seen in this league or what I've ever seen in my play of hockey in my time. So, um, yeah, I'm just really just trying to stay positive with it all. Optimism, I think, is going to be the key in terms of not only obviously remaining positive, but just, you know, in terms of training, in terms of camaraderie, in terms of being able to believe that not only can we can we get hockey back, it's, it's proven that we that we can do it. We just it just needs to be done right. Right. And I think that's what's, um, I think just watching the, the NHL stand, like the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, and just seeing some other sports take off, like NFL starting up and, um, you know, some of the college conferences trying to find a way to play, um, and just some of the formats that, like, even from a hockey perspective, like what some of the colleges are trying to do. So, um, knowing possible yet. Um, and every situation, every sport, every level seems to be, you know, far different that, um, you know, that just kind of really keeps you at least um, exactly what you said, just optimistic of the matter. Now, the big question, how does it feel to be our first returning guest? <laughs> Honored. <laughs> I'm not that special. So this is cool. <laughs> you're, of course you're special. What are you talking about? so i do of course want to thank you so much for joining us once again yeah thank you so much for having me um always a pleasure so thank you
This has been, once again, a very special edition episode of Off the Post Boston Sports. I am your host, Carter Hoffman. As always, it's Off the Post. It's all Boston, all sports, all the time. See you guys next week.